But yeah, so let's talk a little bit about Firewalk with Me because Firewalk with Me is a. Are we discussing the film or the film with missing pieces? Ah, this is the question. Andrew hasn't seen the missing pieces, right? Um, but we can talk about both actually because this is kind of again, and it's almost a microcosm of what happened. I also return. can't speak about Log Lady intros <laughs> either, or the coffee commercials. <laughs> I was watching it, and there was like an option on the DVD is like with or without Log Lady intros. It's like, well, will it be longer <laughs> with the Log Lady intro? Somebody uh, said to me, "It's like." I I think Darren would watch it. It's like, well, I guess I'm not there. <laughs> <laughs> this is the moment that Andrew discovered. But um, so Firewalk with me is fascinating because Twin Peaks had a very interesting sort of history production wise. When it debuted, it was absolutely massive. First season was eight episodes. It became this huge cultural talking point. It was like nothing else on television. And again, like even the negative reviews, like I think the New Yorker was tweeting mm. about how, you know, very few things you can, this can be said about, but this you got to see. Uh, which is astonishing. And it became like everybody knew who Laura Palmer was. Everybody knew who Cooper was. And then it's sort of like, then it got into the second season and it ran into a bit of difficulty. And you had this idea of like Lynch and Frost sort of splitting their attention elsewhere and drifting out of focus. And the ratings sort of beginning to slip as people were like, wait, this isn't quite what I signed up for. This is a lot more Lynchian weirdness than Mm. I expected. (laughs) ABC forced uh, them to reveal who the killer was, revealing it was Leyland Palmer. And then the series sort of drifts through the second season. And I mean, there's some good stuff in there. I mean, there's a lot of nice character work in there, but there's a lot of lot of filler. I mean, there were, for the purposes of rewatching, I sort of sprinted. And the doctor said my sperms were working. <laughs> Lucy. My personal. Lucy. Oh, that's Lucy. very good. Lucy. <laughs> Andrew as Andy. They uh, had some of that in, in, in the third, but like judiciously. <laughs> they, 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 they had that exchange that I actually enjoyed. Oh, with where the chair. Where it's like, I would like the yeah. beige chair. Yeah. It's like, Lucy, I would like the red chair. Why does he sound like Forrest Gump? <laughs> <laughs> Not a bad Maybe Darren would too. like to do an impression. <laughs> um, but yeah, so basically after that point, so you have this, and again, I, I rewatched it and it's fascinating. You jump from the like death of Leyland Palmer, which is a fantastic scene. Mm. Um, and you jump from that to the end of the season. And it's amazing how many of the balls that were still in the air at that point are, you know, haven't landed in the intervening 11 episodes. So it's like, they're still arguing about sperms, which when you get to the season finale. Nadine has only just come sort of back to themselves, uh, back to herself at the the season finale. But then like Lynch does this thing where he very famously, um, and again, there's this wonderful article uh, in GQ where they go into like the differences between the finale, the script that Lynch was given and what he directed. And again, there's a number of like really great ones in there. Like for example, and they're they're small changes, Mm. but they're important changes. Such as for example, after Doc Haywood smashes uh, Ben Horn's head open, in the original script he kneels down this. to starts treating him and like hoping to like tend to the injury in Lynch's version of the final episode he drops to the floor stares at the ceiling and lets out a primal owl of dread exactly um, he does that Lynch thing yeah, and, yeah. Like, <laughs> that's just, that was just in the script do a Lynch thing and, uh, uh, yeah you, you were watching it with me yeah and Andrew turned around and he said you can really tell when Lynch is actually there yeah. and what's interesting is that like you jump no! <laughs> you jump from the finale um, which is like that you jump from like that finale which is very Lynch with like and again you go into the red room there's the red curpins there's Bob there's the doppelganger there's the arm there's the doppelganger of Laura Palmer there's all this sort of stuff happening there Leyland Palmer's there there's the coffee that's syrup it's got all of this grade A weirdness going on backwards talking and stuff like that and a lot more concentrated than it had been up until that point and then the show is (laughs) cancelled and then Lynch gets the opportunity to come back with a sequel um, and this is interesting because again, we the great thing of one of the great things about Twin Peaks is that there's no canon. Um, there's actually no canon to the point where like the creators themselves don't have a consistent canon amongst themselves. There are mm. bits of Twin Peaks that Lynch did by himself. I'm thinking in particular of Fire Walk with Me mm. because Mark Frost wanted to do a sequel. He wanted to do a sequel that picked up after How's Annie? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, And sort of follow on from that. And there are elements of that in The Missing Pieces. But Lynch uh, wanted to do a prequel that would go back and look at like Laura Palmer. And on the movie podcast that we regularly host, we typically ask this, ask sort of guests, like, would this movie rank among their favorite 250 movies ever? I have a spoiler because I already know the answer for Niall. When I suggested Firewall with me, (laughs) Niall said it's in one of my top five movies ever. Wow, okay. What is it about Firewalk with me that's in your top five movies ever that makes it like a classic in that sense? Oh, boy. That's one to spring on you. (laughs) (laughs) Only fair. 
But you got you got prepped for the next one, really. Yeah, that's just uh, yeah, that is fair, man. I suppose fire walk with me because I, you know, I watched Twin Peaks the way I'm sure everyone did, where they watched the first two seasons, and then I'd heard not good things about the movie, so I put it off for a while. Then one birthday, I actually got a copy, and when I watched it, I was just blown away by how much I liked it more than Twin Peaks. Really? Kind of, yeah. Wow. And it redefined the whole show for me. Okay. Because the feeling I got from it was that David Lynch was done because he was sick of working with the studios because yeah. they pushed all those things on him. But I don't think Laura Palmer ever left his mind. Yeah. And that's why he wanted to do a prequel. Yeah. Because, you know, of course, Laura Palmer originally, it was just going to be Cheryl Lee shows up for a day. Yeah. They film her in the bag. She's gone. Yeah. He couldn't get rid of her. <laughs> Like, he, yeah. he made a new character just to keep her around. Because of that video, famously, we from also the also horribly killed. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then sadomasochist. <laughs> but, I mean, the, yeah, there is something fascinating about it. And I think there's something that's really interesting. About, I think, well, there's lots of stuff that's really interesting about Firewalk With Me. But in particular, and again, this is, like, of a particular place and time. Mm. And there's a there's a whole host of, and we'll be talking a bit more about Laura Palmer later on in the in the podcast. Hopefully, if everything goes to plan, I suspect it may be not. A weird omission, but, but it would be a weird omission. <laughs> but like one of the things about like pop culture is that in the '90s it had this sort of fixation on like this is the serial killer thing. Mm. And you think about like the success of Silence of the Lambs, but even like I have a friend uh, who was talking about she was she spent last weekend binging 90s like psychological thrillers, The Hand That Rocks the Cradle, for God. example, but even stuff like Copycat, Kiss the Girls, Along Came a Spider, all this sort of like this mini boom that existed. If you want to look at television, look at stuff like Profiler, for mm. example, from the 90s, Millennium. I mean, even in the 2000s, you had stuff like Criminal Minds, but you had this sort of fixation in American pop culture with the idea of the serial killer and the serial killer's victim and this sort of idea of like the dead girl and the dead trope mm. and I mean there's lots of stuff that's been written about it and there's like you know the, the Madeleine McCann documentary that's on Netflix goes into this as well this idea of like how pop culture sort of fixates on this idea of young almost virginal innocence being sort mm. of taken away and destroyed and defiled and why we're so fascinated I mean we talked about it last week we talked about Room on the podcast we talked about this sort of like extension of that and one of the things I really like about Firewalk with me and it's it's very much a function of it being a prequel rather mm. than a sequel despite the fact and again maybe that's that frustration and nostalgia we're talking about but that it, it, is brewing. it takes Laura Palmer as a victim or as a body and makes her a person in a way that even the show didn't mm. do. Um, and it makes her alive and it gives her agency and you can actually watch her on screen. And it's an amazing performance from Cheryl Lee. But it, it's kind of it imbues the character in a way that very few other victims in these sorts of movies are. And I mean, there was a, a wonderful, I think when we were doing Room, you guys challenged me to name the victim in Science of the Lambs. Uh, it was Catherine, Catherine Martin, Martin, I believe. Yeah, yeah it was. <laughs> but that was a tough question. Whereas, and I think that it is David Patrick Kelly, who plays uh, Jerry Horn, mm. has remarked um, that like one of the things he loves about Twin Peaks is that Laura Palmer's the victim that you know. It's one of those rare murder mysteries where you remember the name of the victim mm. and it's impossible to separate from that. And I think Firewalk With Me is about that because it it makes Laura the star of her story in a way she hadn't been to that point. So it gives her a bit of agency, I think. Well, what's great is in the first season, a lot of the show was based around the idea that no one really knew her. They did the whole thing, oh, was she a saint or was she a sinner? And the movie recontextualizes it in, no, she's both. She's a human being. <laughs> Which I love. Yeah, oh, exactly, yeah. yeah. It, it, and it, it's it, great getting to know Laura Palmer as well, because you spend the show wanting to uh, wanting to know her in more than kind of a secondhand way, um, and which 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 which, which is I guess what 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 Fire Walk with Me does so well, um, and it, yeah, it's it 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 is it is very nuanced and mm. it just kind of I I I enjoy Lynch's kind of treatment of the. Of the two sides of people, because yeah. when when whenever we know um, somebody who's who's been uh, who's had uh, troubles, or whenever we've 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 had uh, uh, troubles ourselves, like it, we we can we can um, feel um, inside very one dimensional, yeah. and you you can you can um, look at somebody who's um, who's having kind of like difficulties in 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 their life but you know another side of them that they're not um that they're not exhibiting there's this kind of yin and yang that's very kind of truthful to it there's just a thing though because we were talking about uh, going from fire walk with me to the return in that order 
because in the first two seasons of Twin Peaks, every episode would end with the picture of Laura Palmer. Whereas the, when you get to the return, first thing you see is her mm. enormous over mountains. Yeah. Which I think is just how Lynch's priority on what her character was changed so much. Yeah. Because then, by, you know, the return is, you don't know it for most of it, but it's an odyssey to rescue Laura Palmer from the underworld, so yeah. to speak. <laughs> like it was horribly wrong. But there's also <laughs> the question, right. and I think it's something that Firewalk with me seeds very, very well, which is this idea, this question of whether... Laura needs rescuing in terms of fire walk with me suggests that because of the way that she suffered her she made a choice um, and again there's the moment where like again Bob wants her or he, he wants to be me or he wants to kill me that's the choice and again in the return you have this whole Laura's the one sort of thing from mm. from the log lady and this idea of her as the essence of goodness in the, the little ball that the, the fireman sends out into the world and you have this moment where Laura chooses to preserve herself almost by dying, by surrendering herself to the angels who are completely absent otherwise in the film, mm. literally disappearing from a picture at one point. Um, but you have her surrendering herself and giving up and that becoming like a choice that she makes. And it's kind of interesting how that maybe casts like Cooper's attempts mm. to save her. Um, and again, it, it's interesting. Again, you look at like, and again, Mark Frost wrote the the dossiers on the on this, but he talks about like Cooper's White Knight syndrome in those mm. as well. So it's very much a conscious part of who the character is. But there's a sense watching Firewalk with me that it's almost like she made a choice, and you see it in the way that she protects Donna as well mm. when they go to the the sort of grotty grunge bar, which is like the twisted inversion of the Red Room. No, you can't hear anybody talking. It's all lit red. Everybody's moving weird. There's this repetitive sound on there. It's so funny that grunge was the moral panic music <laughs> of, of 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 the early '90s. It's like, have your kids been listening to grunge? Are they moshing? Um, right, yeah, it it kind of so quickly became. Um, uh, so, so, something that like everybody kind of <laughs> listens to and 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 kind of uh, appreciates on some level. Uh, just a heads up, actually, brought up in the chat that uh, did. How do we feel about how do we feel about Donna? How do we miss doing like it's more oh, Kelly? the recasting it's, it's, it's or the recasting? The cast? Yeah, the recasting and the the absence from. I was devastated. And 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 when 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 I was watching um, Lara Flynn Boyle, obviously, kind of as 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 a child child growing up in the 90s um uh, uh wayne's world <laughs> so such so, such a, a a a different character lara flynn boyle plays which is i think why it took uh, why i had such difficulty in 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 placing her when it when i when i was watching series one and yeah it was a bit it was um was a disappointment um i think her replacement does well though um i i i i i, I liked her in it we... Moira Kelly is her name, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. West Wing. Exactly. Yeah. Oh. But it, like, um, I mean, in terms of the character, um, you already have the kind of change that takes place with um, with Donna in 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 season two. I think she 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 kind of she starts kind of smoking. Yeah. And it, it definitely <laughs> represents something um, of 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 a change in her. Um, so I think, I think like when it when it when it comes to I know they didn't they chose not to recast in this they 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 gave um, uh, uh, Truman a brother uh, Frank because 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 uh, um, Mike Longkin was unavailable. He, he's well, no, he's retired. He, yeah. does, he doesn't. Um, yeah. he, he retired in 2011, and um, I guess we had to make a decision about whether to mm. return from retirement to do this. Um, um, so they just kind of had 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 a brother, and it was fine. They do talk about um, Harry a lot um, mm. in 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 the movie, but they they they, they didn't recast it. But how do you, how do you guys feel about about her being recast? See, I'm I sorry, eating pie at the same time doing a podcast <laughs> is a bad pie is very good actually. Um, she um see, I thought she was really great in Firewalk with Me, and uh, Laura Flynn Boyle. I think, unfortunately, I started to associate her with the decline in season two right. for both on-screen and on-set reasons that I've read about. Those I don't know about. Please fill us in. Well, she was going out with Kyle McLaughlin at the oh, time. Oh, I do not. Yes, yeah, sorry. So a right. lot of yes, yes, yes. plot elements were mm. changed around her personal feelings. 
hence uh, why Audrey uh, Horn was sort of marginalized as well yes. like, because uh, I think that there was some suggestion that she was uncomfortable with McLaughlin sharing those sort of intense scenes with her as well so you have Audrey Horn again isolated mm. almost again <laughs> metaphorically like she would be in the returns which is responsible for Billy Zane coming in my vote for worst Twin Peaks character <laughs> is John Justice Wheeler. It's, I it's, hate that I know his name. <laughs> it's funny. Um, just, I should actually know because we have people uh, typing here. Uh, Melon Boy has observed that he likes the idea that Donna's both figuratively and literally a new person when her best friend Laura dies, which is a good oh, reading of that. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. I quite like yeah. that. Yeah, and it, it's it, it's it's interesting what you say about uh, about Sherilyn Finn and uh, Lara Flynn Boyle and Kyle MacLachlan there because like. Um, Something I, n- I noticed more in series two was that I didn't have the um, the the Audrey that I kind of um, wanted. There were, there was there was a certain part kind of towards the end of uh, uh, series one where 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 she had become kind of a a a, a victim, and I, I wasn't kind of like sure uh, that I kind of engaged with her in in in. In the same way um, towards then, but certainly in 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 series two, yeah, it it, it didn't really kind of uh, um, it, it it wasn't. What do you say, Darren? Um, that old gum. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't coming back in style, no. No, no. Which would and 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 I I, I think series three was. Um, but like 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 the the, the um the scenes with her and the scenes Charlie. with Audrey, I uh, yeah. like they were probably some of my favorite parts of. of That's the, interesting. Yeah, but That's... any anyway, did um. I guess in... But back to sort of Firewall. Firewall with me. Yeah, yeah. yeah, We're talking about Anomaly this hour. But yeah, I mean, it is... It's a striking piece of work. And it's incredible how uncomfortable it feels um, in terms of... Like, it opens with Lynch smashing a television set. And again, we were talking about that nostalgia and the denial of nostalgia. It offers you... You spend the first... Like, and again, we talk so much about Laura Palmer in Firewalk with me. We tend to forget that, like, there's the first 25 minutes which you spend with Agent Chet Desmond um, and his investigation into a murder, you know, at the Fat Trout trailer park. And he goes to Deer Meadow, isn't it? Um, Which Mm. is basically... Evil Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. It's a Why? doppelganger <laughs> Twin Peaks. Why? Like this is a this 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 definitely has to do with Fire Walking with Me, but also with season three. Why is the fat trout in uh, Twin Peaks? Uh, Why does it appear to be in Twin Peaks and not in Deer Meadow in in in, in season three? Because I really got the sense that it was somewhere else entirely. In the I think it was meant to be, and then they just sort of swapped it a little bit, fudged the kind of the can. As you're saying, there's no canon in Twin Peaks, so they yeah. kind of no. fudged it and then made it close to Twin Peaks. Yeah, I mean three. it makes sense. Well, if they if they want to bring back Harry Dean Stanton, mm. and then it's and they it's, clearly did. Yeah, yeah, it's Who it's, it's like a <laughs> franchise, and it's like no, I gotta get away um, from that particular um, fat trout. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to put in a transfer to the Twin Peaks it, one. It does say where new. I think things will be better. Does it? <laughs> it does say new. The sign outside the fat trout in uh, the return says new. Oh, I didn't catch it. Or I think it does anyway. I hope I'm not wrong on that count. Uh, <laughs> under new listeners? under new management. Since the murder in red letters, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there there is that sequence with uh, Chet Desmond, which seems to exist primarily to rile up mm. fans of Twin Peaks. I love who that want, so much. Who want, yeah, who want to get back to Twin Peaks? They're like, again, I've been promised Twin Peaks the movie. We're mm-hmm. going to Twin Peaks, and you instead get Deer Meadow, and like almost everything in Deer Meadow exists single-handedly to like parody and to n- deny you what you want from Twin Peaks. You go to the sheriff's department. It's brilliant. And- <laughs> I, I love this so yeah. much. Like, I mean, you even have it's like such a contrast. It is such a fantastic contrast. You have like, again, instead of like the, the book, you know, the book stops here. Like you have mm. in Truman's office, you have the little skeletal antlers almost hanging over. Um, and you have, um, yeah, it's it's amazing. And you have like even the relationship between the sort of secretary mm. um, and the deputy as well, which seems much uh, less wholesome. It seems like they'd be <laughs> less likely to agree on what kind of furniture they want. And there's something, and again, Lynch has talked about how it wasn't a conscious denial of like nostalgia, but you oh, get a sense. Face. He always <laughs> says, <laughs> but you, you get a sense that he's like he's teasing you and denying. You know, there's a sense in which like Kyle MacLachlan didn't want to come back because he didn't want to be typecast, so they had to work around that. But the way in which Lynch does it is very consciously designed to make you go. He had to but... do Showgirls. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that syncs up yeah. chronologically speaking. Yeah, but like, like I've, I've done Lynch now. Now over, <laughs> over. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Knock off that sort of Leonardo DiCaprio greatest living directors sort of checkbook. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but there is that like that sequence and it's great because 
it's entertaining of itself. I mean, Sam Stanley um, is really, really great. The Kiefer Sutherland's weird uh, sort yeah. of like, and even like you have coffee that. Coffee is se- a drug. But that reminds me, <laughs> yeah. coffee is on. Yeah. Oh, you should go get the coffee. Mm. Um, <laughs> but there is this sort of um, like element of playing with the fans, like even the the Blue Rose, which is obviously mm. the first song that's mentioned. But that sequence mm. with the woman dancing to deliver the message from Gordon Cole. Um, is very much sort of it feels like parodying like trying to make sense of Twin Peaks it feels Mm. like the sequence where Stanley and Desmond are driving in the car Uh, it feels very much like uh, so explain to me what this actually means and it's like maybe it's a woman dancing no 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 let's let's break it down (laughs) and it the entire thing sort of seems like that and actually out of curiosity you guys have both watched The Missing Pieces yes yeah um, the missing pieces. How do we feel about that? Because I mean, that first came out with the Criterion Edition as part mm-hmm. of the whole entire mystery box set. How do we feel about having that aspect of it, of having Firewalk with Me? Do you think it makes the film better? Does it make it worse? Or do you not think of it at all? I'm glad to have seen them, but I'm not sure that I. I think if anything, Firewalk with Me needs a harsher uh, by the way, edit. the the comments are um, the comments are very much engaged with the question of what happened to the fat trout. They, one of my favorite oh, yes. observations in here <laughs> is that uh, it's a trailer park, so. They all just moved. Um, oh. But uh, sorry, Richard, you were saying about uh, the um, pieces. Yeah, like I just, I'm always happy to have more Lynch, like whatever capacity that exists in. But I think if Firewalk with Me was to exist as a film that would have some kind of mass appeal or any hope of successful reviews, it needed a harsher edit and just just the Laura Palmer stuff and the missing pieces, along with most of the kind of ancillary character stuff, mm. doesn't really need to be there for the narrative to work. Well, I think um, the only two scenes I would take back mm. are the scene where Leland's teaching them uh, the song in Norwegian isn't it? yeah, yeah that's a lovely yes. scene and it it's um, juxtaposed later yeah. on in the you didn't wash your hands scene yeah. which is still terrifies me I don't <laughs> that really gets under my skin and then there's a scene above the convenience store that's just yes, maybe the most David there. Lynch thing of all time. That actually came up in, in the comments earlier when we were talking about nostalgia, where people are like, the one thing that they, they think it might be one of Lynch's fa- best scenes, and it's the one thing that they regret, is the fact yeah. that it's reduced to that sequence of um, David Bowie yeah. and sort of overlaid <laughs> with it, as opposed to letting it fully breathe. I think that scene, because I'm obviously, I, I defend most of his decisions, <laughs> but if people walk out during that scene, I can get it. Yeah. Um, and also the, the discussion between Laura and Doc Hayward about angels as well um, is also something that's sort of singled out oh, here as yeah. well. Uh, which sort of again sets up this idea later on of being sort of rescued by, uh, by I angels. I think that also sets up them calling her Muffin, which yes. is name dropped later in the actual film. Yeah. But I think was cut. <laughs> it's just called Muffin for no reason. <laughs> Do you need a reason? Um, <laughs> seems like of the mysteries left dangling from Firewalk with me, it feels like that was one of the... That kept me up at night. <laughs> yeah. It is funny, though, that like Lynch, before The Return came out, was very adamant that he didn't rewatch season one or two and he didn't like care about it and just left it behind. But there's such strong continuity between Fire Walk With Me and The Return. And even yeah. The Missing Pieces, some of those scenes very much tie into The Return. And that's just kind of bizarre that he'd, he'd ignore the, the mass popular cultural, culturally important version of the show. And then, no, no, these are all, the continuity is there, but for the one thing everyone hated. Yeah, well, I mean, that, that's the thing is that like he, Lynch... Apparently, the response to this, it was famously Buddha Khan. Yeah. Um, Firewalk the, with me. Firewalk with me. There's the observation from, I think it's the New York Times critic, that it's not the worst film ever. It just feels like it is, <laughs> uh, which a is line, a really <laughs> scathing line. Uh, but I mean, there's also like, but there's a sense that that really affected Lynch. Lynch uh, actually wrote an editorial in the German magazine Cinema. And we'll include in the show notes, if I had a spare set of hands, I'd actually tweet it out uh, live on air as we're going. This sort of annotating well, as we're going. You, 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 you can, you, you, you can type um we we can we can we can talk about um, <laughs> but like lynch lynch uh, very much sort of did um say sort of like this really affected him he actually wrote uh, mm. an article an editorial for sort of like a for cinema which is a german magazine in which he sort of outlined and it's it's if you read it it's a surprisingly like candid on like addressing the points sort of moment from lynch where he talks about why he did what he did and what he was doing and why he thinks violence is important and why he made the choices that he did with it which is remarkably candid so it feels feels like and again I'm, I'm hesitant to read too much into into lynch's stuff but it feels very much like this was important to him it feels like the movie was very and the way it was received in particular was something that bothered him greatly because it's worth noting that like in some ways that sort of marks the split in lynch between you know your sort of crowd normal films quote unquote and yeah, then the more with non-linear the stuff. The straight story yeah. yeah but after this you get like lost highway you get mulholland drive and you get inland empire and there's a real sense of of lynch being well like screw you guys yeah, yeah um, for it's sure. like mainstream pff, 
It's like we're gonna. I'm gonna make it come about rabbits. Um, <laughs> that's that's, pretty, that's <laughs> it's pretty much his position, though. I know. No, yeah, I, I, I think I, I was like um, those um, things that uh, people might see advertised on Facebook, where they're the master classes. Where you you say he have looks very like, sad in the photo. Yeah, yeah where you, you you have like the likes of like Howard Shore like teaches you about kind of composing music and um and David Lynch, but it it, it it's his the kind of description of his it seems to be a lot of kind of um about you know holding on to your uh, uh, vision identity, yeah. Mm. and yeah exactly your identity and uh, maintaining final cost. Yeah. Um, like he, he's he, well, I mean, the, Doom was the example of where he gave up Final Cut and he regretted it. Um, and the amount of credits that yeah. he 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 gets on these, you're 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 watching the credits and you're like trying three quarters away di- down and it says sound design. <laughs> D- David Lynch, David well, he Lynch. actually fought for the sound design. Oh, we're probably going to talk yeah. about when we talk about the soundtrack, mm. but that was one that he actually consciously fought for. He's also in additional editing. Uh, Dwayne Dunham did the editing on the return, but Lynch is there under additional editing as well. He's very very hands on. It's. Sorry, sorry to the listeners for for poking the microphone with my fork while trying to eat cherry <laughs> this pie. This is very, very professional. Wait, wait, which cherry pie are we eating right now, Darren? Um, is this the Agent Cooper special? I believe it might be. I'm just actually going to check. The, again, the Camerino Bakery have done some amazing stuff with this. So I'm just actually going to check and uh, grab which one it is. So this is the one with the sort of. It's got like a crust with the. Uh, it's got a crust with cherry on it, right? It's no. And no, what does it, it taste like? Does it have almond in it? Um, I think it's just cherry. Okay, it, so we got the classic Cooper, which is a classic diner I pie think with this full is the crust. Classic. Yep. So it's full crust. Full crust, yes. Yeah. yeah. This is the only one with full with with with, with full crust. There's another one with a crumble. Yeah. And then there's like a, a lattice uh, crust and a wavy crust. Okay, the wavy crust is, um, I believe, the black well, lodge. Yeah. So exact so, so, top. So this one the... is the classic Agent Cooper. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So. Um, it's, Live, live radio, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, but there is like a sense of like Firewalk with me marking that sort of split for Lynch where it's like, and I mean, obviously he did the straight story afterwards, mm. which is probably his most successful work. There's one Disney film. Yes, G <laughs> rated Disney oh, yeah, film, so less. Um, but yeah, it's it's sort of, it's, it's startling. What Disney movie did have you, not, have you not heard about this? The no. straight story. Um, it's again, it's, it's quite dull, but. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Um, interesting. I have the soft spot for it. I find it very strange. I didn't like dislike it, but I was like, eh, okay. <laughs> I I'll never watch that again, though. That's, that's yeah. the one time I watched it done. <laughs> it's probably the, the family viewing of yeah. David Lynch. It's the one that you could bring to the sort of the, the family yeah. movie night. It's very um, hot coffee. <laughs> <laughs> but much like the Richard's hot take. Um, um, but, no. we, ooh. <laughs> uh, but we have actually, we'll be ranking the films later with uh, Donald Clark, actually, the, the Irish Times film critic. So he'll be coming in and we'll be discussing sort of Lynch's films and how they rank. But we know that Straight Story is near the bottom for Richard. Uh, ooh, is it worse than Dune? I don't know. No, <laughs> it's not worse than Dune. It's not worse the, than Dune. The thing I love the most about... Um, I, um, I might want to make an announcement later on about... Um, as it's as it's the day after uh, after Daffodil Day, I should probably announce I'm giving up smoking. Oh. Um, but the, the thing I love about this electronic... Um, vaping thing is it looks like something now the listeners can't see this but it basically looks he is like holding something it up, which <laughs> that, that, uh, Baron Vladimir Harkonnen would, would, would crush some small creature in and I, 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 like the the um, I, I, you, you really don't like Dune it's I a mess like <laughs> really I'd love to see the final cut version if it ever existed of like Lynch's intended version of it, but and the version we got is not. And he's he's declined to sort of come back yeah. and do it, um, which is fair. <laughs> which I mean, not entirely. You kind of understand that, and it's kind of interesting that again, like that's the stuff that he refuses, and he comes mm. back and he does Twin Peaks, and he comes back and he does Firewalk with Me, and he does it with a very clear sense of purpose. He's got Patrick Stewart with a pug. <laughs> I'm not saying there's no redeeming factors in it. (laughs) Andrew's really not letting this go. I I suppose maybe maybe Dune for me was more of like a collection of uh, fantastic things that I thought were bonkers and, and brilliant. And less of a kind of film um, yeah, <laughs> to be watched yeah. with human eyes. <laughs> uh, our future guest Jay Coyle would like it known that he adores the straight story. Um, oh, excellent. He's 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 going to come on and be a defender. Um. And Jay, there's still pie. Because <laughs> apparently now there's an argument of straight story that I've just started. <laughs> <laughs> Never would have called it. But I don't yeah. know if you can argue is something dull or not. That's pretty yeah. <laughs> In terms of, of Firewalk with me, though, one of the things that I find interesting about it is how it literalizes. 
again, this is the thing where you have this conflict that runs through Twin Peaks about like the nature and existence of like evil and, and whether or not it's like this abstract metaphorical thing or whether it's this literal tangible human thing and whether or not like that sort of whether there's a difference between the two and whether they influence one another and whether it's external or internal to us. And the ABC show had to walk a certain line with that because it's again it's an abc show it's airing you know on primetime on a major network so you have to like you have to explain that you know leyland palmer was possessed by mike uh, sorry by bob and you know it's you know he might be the evil that men do but surely that's easier to believe than a man would rape and murder his mm. own daughter uh, in sort of like it's a wink conversation they have yeah which mm. is uh, ma- ma- major briggs and 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 hawk i think at the end yeah um but I mean, even then, like it exists in ABC, it feels like that sort of and particularly the way that like the Leyland scene is shot where it's like, watch me pull the plug hole and, and watch him just come draining back um, just in time. And it's it's very much played as a conventional possession in that's in those sequences. Yeah. Um, and it made me wonder, like whether Lynch believes in possession. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing is that it feels like that was maybe a nod towards like safety and audiences and mass consumption and stuff because i'm not sure you could get away with a straightforward like incest abuse narrative on yeah. television whereas again with firewalk with me you have him opening by smashing a television set with a sledgehammer and you have him you have like these incredibly graphic sequences now yes they involve bob but this like the entire sequence is laura realizing that bob yeah. is her father one and the same and and it's you know sort of implied that you could almost read it now there's enough in there that you can't read it overly literally but you could mm. almost read it as this fantasy that this young woman creates to escape from the mundane reality that her abuser from the age of 12 has been her father there's that horrible shot where she like wakes up and there's the shot of ray wise sort of glaring down at her naked and it's like that's the moment where everything sort of shatters and falls to pieces and one of the things i really like about Firewalk with me is that it feels like it's breaking the boundaries of what you could do on television and actually like pulling the themes of the story to the fore where it almost feels like stuff like say the lodge and stuff like the black lodge the you know the white lodge the the waiting room the room above the convenience store while those are all still there and they're very much there in the opening 25 minutes with David Bowie's cameo as Philip Jeffries and stuff like that they're less essential than the reality of it which and you have this thing where and again, this is the thing where Ray Wise talks about how like Lynch's films are weird because the world is weird, where you it feels almost like everything that Laura goes through mirrors like the the mythology of the show rather than being influenced by it. Like the mythology of the show is an expansion of the drama rather than a cause of it, which is something I really like about Firewalk with me. Although maybe I'm being overly literal in my reading of it. I no, don't I think that's that's fair. I think that's why again, if it was like ninety minutes long and just the Laura story, it would have been much better received. I think it was just all of the mythology stuff. And it's like that first 20 minutes, like you're saying, it's a lot of fun, but I can understand why people would absolutely hate it at the same time. It has no bearing on the rest of the story. And it's just abstract weirdness for the sake of it. Um, but yeah, I fully agree that I think... Is it? I think a lot of that stuff, um, like even though they say it's not canon, it's still, it, it, watching season three, it feels like they're in a world where all of that first 20 minutes... Happened. Oh no, for sure. Where, yeah, where yeah. It, it, there, there's there, the 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 focus on the the blue rose, kind of it is 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 something that they expand a lot on. Mm. Um, and I mean, obviously, and, that's something that comes back. Like the blue mm. rose is explained in the return. So. Yeah, and like the thing is that Lynch, I I will forgive Lynch any kind of um, uh, surreal weirdness so long as it's interesting. But yeah, you can't really debate whether I suppose, as 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 you were saying, whether it's interesting or not. Sorry, I just turned and looked at you while your mouth was full of pie. So I can't defend myself. <laughs> That's the key moment. So don't worry, I'm gonna I'm gonna pounce on you in about ten minutes. I'm gonna Jay, wait till you have a mouth full of pie. Jay, if you're listening, uh, do bring uh, paper plates. As well. um. I thought we had. Oh, we have napkins. We, we have, have napkins. napkins. We're uh, fa- <laughs> fast running out of <laughs> napkins. There is so much pie. These are great pies. These are really great pies. Um, but yeah, just in terms of other stuff about Firewalk with me, sort of what jumps out at you? Like, what's do we have favorite bits that we haven't talked about already? Favorite moments or themes or ideas? Well, my absolute favorite moment of the movie, which might make it my favorite Twin Peaks moment overall, <laughs> is the conversation between Laura and the log lady outside of the roadhouse. Yes. Just oh, a, just before she goes in. Yeah. Or is it when she's leaving? Sorry, I, I can't quite remember the geography of it now. But um, I think it's before she goes in. I think it's right before she passed her on the way in. Yeah, because you know, because that Ben, like a good prequel should, it also recontextualizes the log lady 
in a way I don't think the show ever did. In the show, she was wacky and she'd come in with hints every now and again. But it really painted her as someone who knew a lot more about what was, was going on. on. And, yeah. and then in season it wasn't three, her. Hmm? It was the log. <laughs> I was disappointed that they recast the log. <laughs> well, there was a lot of issues there. Yeah, um, I mean, the, the, we, we the contract negotiations were, were um, contract bound. At this point, Kyle McLachlan. It all came happening. to loggerheads. Because um, yeah. uh, Kyle and the log uh, were dating at the time. <laughs> 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 it all fell apart. And there goes any chance of Kyle McLachlan guessing on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> he would love that. <laughs> defend himself. Yeah. He'll send a photo of himself with a, yeah, with a log. <laughs> I'm, with, I'm, with, I'm with Naomi Watts. Like, uh, <laughs> Kyle is fantastic in this. <laughs> do, you, do you find me attractive? Ask the log. Um, it's interesting, worth noting, by the way, actually. We talked a little bit about Doogie earlier, uh, Dougie earlier on. Um, I'm mispronouncing names. Even I've said earlier in the podcast. But, like, um, it's interesting. Only hour two. Only hour two. <laughs> Only hour two. We haven't even begun to scratch the surface of Deranged yet. But the um, one of Lynch's original ideas with Catherine Coulson, because he famously pitched, he said he promised her that she would be in a show of his or in a film of his with a log. Mm. Uh, back when they were making a razor head, mm. uh, which was way back when. Uh, and again, it's, it's remarkable that it actually came to be because he just had this sort of picture of her carrying, you know, a log. And it was like, that's what you'll be doing. One of the original pitches that like he had. He tried particularly hard to put that in. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, you'll be holding a log and talking about it. But how can we put it into this show? Well, we'll have you holding a log and talking about it. <laughs> and it's okay. It doesn't have to make of... any sense whatsoever. But the original pitch for his show, and it's, it, this is, a, again, a very David Lynch idea when he was doing Razorhead, was he was going to do a TV show called I Test My Log on All Branches of Knowledge, which I appreciate <laughs> as wordplay. And the idea was that Catherine Coulson would be married to a log and she would have a son. And she would, the log would basically every week go through a different facet of the human experience. So it would go to the dentist one week. It would get a job the week after. This and in- is like review uh, <laughs> with, 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 what's his name, Forrest McNeil. But, but instead, of, instead of Andy Daly playing the character, it's a piece of wood. Going to the dentist as a log, I would imagine, would be a challenge not having teeth. <laughs> Um, driving a car also a challenge not having legs that kind of is what Dougie Jones is well that's about to say it really (laughs) does feel like he recycled that idea in terms of like that's what I was thinking when I was watching The Return because it feels very much like Lynch finally got to do his uh, I test my log on every branch of knowledge it's just like Dougie is a sentient log basically he just wanders through the sort of human experience his wife is a woman who is in love with a log (laughs) and there's lots of other um, like there's 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 the woman at, 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 at at his office who seems like um, really somewhat intrigued door, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wants to come in and help him pace exactly but yeah um, in terms of other stuff with Firewalk with me is there anything else that sort of jumps out at people anything that we uh, like I mean this is the thing with the missing pieces and I quite like viewing both of them together is that like the missing pieces gives you the Twin Peaksness that is largely missing mm-hmm. from uh, Firewalk with Me, and I mean, like one of my favorite sequences, and it's really heartbreaking because it's Jack Nance's last Twin Peaks scene. Uh, it's the scene where he's arguing with I think it's Dell from the four bank. by four. Oh, yeah. the two by four thing. Yeah, two That's by amazing. four. Yeah. Where he's arguing, <laughs> fantastic. Like, but it's it, it has no relevance on the plot. No. It's just he's complaining about like while they're constructing the lumber mill, he's over and he's like, I bought this four by four, and it's not four by four anymore. And like he, you know, Pete yeah. Martell has to explain to him how you know how a dollar's not worth what it used to be <laughs> and he's like oh I get it now um, and it's just a beautiful scene between those two characters um, and I like that sort of stuff and it, I really like that the missing pieces exist because it means you get that stuff <laughs> and that stuff doesn't necessarily intrude into like the fire walk mm. with me stuff which is a lot more intense a lot more graphic and I feel like if you are watching the four hour cut of them together it would be very strange to go from like the, the really creepy grunge set groping sex scene cut to Pete Martell and Dell arguing about the length of a four by four that's the thing like, how would you edit it because even I think the return sort of has the same problem of how did you decide what goes where because it's such it, it, there's a certain thrust to the main plot line in the return 
but then there's just these random sequences and I think Firewalk with me would have been the exact same thing except it's a single film which if, was much yeah. more unwatchable if I can sound a bit like a conspiracy nut oh, I feel a bit <laughs> like to get to get the funding for the film David Lynch might have written all the scenes to kind of trick the investors into thinking it was going to be more Twin Peaksy. He's like, so I, I'm not using me. that. But he also wanted to hang out with Jack Nance. In a missing which pieces, is, the dream. is there an explanation of the school bust? <laughs> the, the school bus bust. <laughs> which is amazing. <laughs> which is it's it's incredible. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. Like, like, oh, yes, yeah, sir. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? Oh, yeah, this is the first back. 20 minutes that you've yeah, expunged yeah, yeah, yeah. from your mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That nobody thinks about really. Much. But they think about it, but they don't think about it as part of Firewalk with me because it's all Laura and deservedly Laura. Mm. But I mean, yeah, it's, it's, but, uh, I'm, it's I mean, that 50s Americana. It's like wholesome, but also like schoolgirls being arrested um <laughs> but there's some some sometimes the the incongruity comes comes uh, uh I, I hope i said that word right come come comes at a point in the movie where it's like most inappropriate and there's this like ex- like uh, black dark comedy um uh, uh to it when when leland is coming in to his daughter as leland after um um, are are you seeing him at the breakfast table, just kind of eating eating breakfast while it, while his daughter is traumatized, but he's just behaving like it's a normal day, mm-hmm. and he's 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 having some breakfast cereal. There 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 is something. Darren is just going to pop out. Yeah, I'm um, going to grab one of our guests. who's on, on the way in. Karina uh, is here, so I'll be up in a second. Excellent. You'll need the. Um, oh no, no, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> That's a good radio. <laughs> but on, on the point you were saying, it's funny. I remember that scene. I was I, I was about to think, I was like, how do I tell him the story about getting in without calling out the pin number on live <laughs> podcast? But um, the, the scene you're describing, okay, I suppose you could view it as like darkly comic. But for me, that was just kind of the reality of like incestual abuse. Yeah, just the night after the other, yeah. eating breakfast with this person. Oh, the morning after, I should say. I think is it to do with the way Ray Wise plays it in in that particular scene? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, because um, he has this, he ten, he he tends to be used in these kind of um, uh, uh, darkly um, comic, uh, but like sinister mm. um, roles, and it, it's. Um, it's so kind of, um, I guess, upsetting that, um, but also kind of, it, it, it's it's weird because because it's it's affecting the tone of 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 the movie, but not 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 in a way that's um, that's taken you away from 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 the from the trauma. Mm. It's still there, and the humor is is um, is kind of um, playing that kind of picket fence um uh, vision against um that trauma uh, which 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 is a very dark place to go for humor mm. but uh, but i i, I maybe it was only funny to me <laughs> <laughs> though just um give some uh, kudos to ray wise just because in terms of casting how inspired because he has he actually has such a kind face mm. but at a switch he becomes sinister mm. i don't understand is it the context or is it just him doing something in terms of performance oh, I'm, um, really, I'm astonished for by the it. listeners we should point out actually uh karina's <laughs> joined us actually um but hey, uh, oh, yeah we may hey. need to yeah. share the mic there niall and, and karina sorry i can move over one but yes so thank you very much for for joining us karina um My what pleasure. we're gonna do is we're just gonna finish up then uh talking about firewalk with me now i asked richard in the first hour and richard sort of passed with flying colors <laughs> niall you've had an hour to prep for this and this is good because an, hour to, have an hour to prep for this as well so niall what is Twin Peaks about for you? If you were to sum up what you love about Twin Peaks, what is it? What is the thing that makes it Twin Peaks? It's, uh, I don't want this to sound like a cop-out answer, but that's a great start. But it, it's almost the fluidity of Twin Peaks. That's what I love so much, is how you know so many people love it for the coziness and drinking coffee and pie, and then suddenly you're seeing some of the most horrible Hello. I've ever seen in a film or TV show. The fact it can do both and still remain solid yeah. is incredible and to consistent, me. Consistent, yeah. Consistent, yeah. Except for when David Lynch left the show, <laughs> and it all 
Uh, that's okay because I didn't see that bit. So that's <laughs> oh yeah, yeah non-canon. But, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, and I just a uh, firewalk of me, as I was saying at the start, is probably my favorite piece of Twin Peaks uh, canon. Then I'm contradicting myself <laughs> for for really just doubling down on one element, the the sadness of it that underlines it, and that's what I love in the return. Is it kind of returns? Does <laughs> see, see what you did there? It, it comes back. <laughs> And in the final episodes, it's just, which we discussed in the first hour, it's just like a, the perfect ending for me. So I, I, if Twin Peaks gets another season, I'll be happy. And if it doesn't, I'll be equally as happy in a weird way. Yeah. I think I'd be happier if it has gotten to the another one. I think well, the thing is, I was risk about ruining that, it. The more so many about. people I love can't be in it anymore. That's true. So many I, people have died. Yeah, <laughs> it's tragic. I don't see Lynch ever going to the middle of the road. I can see him deciding that he's not going to do it anymore and then deciding they're going to do it anyway, mm. maybe, mm-hmm. um, and and it not being as good. But I, I, I... Well, that was one of the issues with The Return was Lynch originally like suggested that he wanted like a budget of X and so many episodes. And Showtime said, you can do nine episodes at the budget that you want. And he's like, I'm walking away. You can do it without me if you want. Um, and eventually they came to their senses and said, OK, actually, fine, we'll <laughs> give you the money. And he's like, OK, fine. Uh, Bubble gum on top of a tree. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. It does come across that that there's a huge budget. Like, like even even at the at the very beginning, we have this. It, it's in New York, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, you have those wonderful shots, which look amazing yeah. on Blu-ray. Yeah. Um, those shots of like the skyscrapers mm. and skyline and stuff like that. It's such a mind blowing thing in the series when it, you're just in New York. I was like. Oh, yeah, there is a rest of the world in the show, you know? <laughs> there is life outside. Well, I mean, you've got a buckhorn, um, yeah. which, is, um, which is great. I love that Gordon, when he's hearing on the phone, what did you say to me? Oh, buckhorn. Oh, um, which is great. Um, but yeah, it, it really... Karina, would you like some pie and coffee? Oh, actually, yes, sorry. While yeah. we're offering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love pie. Yeah, I love pie. Um, I think everybody else does too, actually. We have, an, we have an Agent Cooper special. Oh, so, yeah, so I heard our, uh, our baker chef, our baker chef, Alison Gorman, is uh, listening from Sligo. Um, she came up with these four Ode to Twin Peaks cherry pies. How have you guys found them? Delicious. They're Delicious. lovely. Have you tried, yeah. have you mm-hmm. tried all four? Or are you still we, working we, on the we Dale Cooper? We've had the Agent Cooper. We, I think Darren's despairing about the microphone situation. <laughs> I, 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 I'm trying, trying to it's keep okay. We're all leaving all over the room. <laughs> um, actually, yeah, if, you, if, if you guys are heading, you want to take anything with you, actually. So let's let's divvy up some pie slices before you go. Oh. Um, not to <laughs> kick you out. <laughs> just, there, I think there are pictures of the pie on the 250 Twitter. We, we tweeted as well. Yeah. Out, and I mean, actually, we'll, we'll see if we can send them out again. But yeah, no, um, thank you very much for joining us, Karina, as well. Oh, my pleasure. All right, we're actually... We I know Alison, actually. Do you? Uh, yeah, yeah. From, for, from Sligo? From Sligo. We, we are all yeah. from Sligo. Sligo is so small that everybody from Sligo knows everybody from Sligo. I believe it. <laughs> Hello, Alison. Uh, if you're listening. Um, she is. She's, oh, hi, hi Alison. Uh, but yeah, so no, um, just before we wrap up then on, on Twin Peaks, sort of Firewalk with me, are there any final thoughts that you guys have? Uh, Richard, Niall, even even Karina, I know that you would have rewatched it as because you did a Twin Peaks thing a little while ago, didn't you? Yeah, actually the first, I saw Twin Peaks for the first time 10 years ago, which was when I was last asked to bake for a Twin Peaks <laughs> slash food collaboration. So I was asked... Um, to make donuts for a Twin Peaks viewing party at the Sugar Club 10 years ago. And I oh, wow, said, cool. that sounds really cool. Yeah, I'll do that. And so I was baking from home at that time. Um, it was before I had a bakery. And it was an open plan. Um, and I could see from my kitchen the television. And that was basically my my baking scenario. Me baking alone with a television. Um, Karina, you may need to get closer to the mic. So I was baking. Um, make, <laughs> frying donuts. Sorry. <laughs> watching Twin Peaks for hours and hours um yeah leading up to that so that was my, my first time seeing it but I've, I've only seen the the first oh, okay uh you haven't seen the the movie that will walk with me right. i have not oh, okay um but no um so you guys is there anything else that you sort of like to summarize before we sort of wrap up um so just in conclusion for me now because i kind of hyped up the film so much <laughs> in my esteem your, of it one of your five favorite films i believe well, up there yeah though some days i swap it with a razor head just depending on how i'm feeling but there's a lynch spot. Hmm. It fluctuates. But um, yeah, it's, you know, it's just a film I adore. And I'm so glad in my lifetime, bizarrely, that it's had a kind of critical reanalysis. Yeah. 
now it's very well regarded. It just had a Criterion release last year, I believe. Yeah, and and the repackage is part of the entire mystery as well. Yeah, and I mean, there's a Marker Mode video edit, uh, essay that we tweeted out as well, where mm. he, he very much ranks it as one of the best sort of pieces of Twin Peaks, or one of the best films in Lynch's sort of oeuvre uh, as well, which is, is kind of staggering for a film that was as regarded as it was. I mean, there's a famous quote, and again from Quentin Tarantino, of all people, uh, coming out of the screening at Cannes saying, um, look, I that's, Lynch has disappeared so far up his own ass that I don't ever want to watch <laughs> another David Lynch film until I've heard from good sources that he's uh, he's found a way out. Uh, which, you know, I mean, if you were a cynical person, you might say, Quentin. Um, <laughs> I'd but- say it sounds like David Lynch has a great ass. <laughs> I'm up for it. Hey. <laughs> Thank is, you, Alfred. Yeah, that is, um, yeah, that is a great. Well, sort of that. That's I think maybe Niall's sort of swan song for that on sort of eulogy. Um, Andrew's Andrew's sort of hacking away at the black lodge as we speak. Well, actually, um, that of all the pie crusts of the four pies, that would be the flakiest of the four. That's uh, Shirley Holtzmacher's pie crust. <laughs> Drowning in confectionery yeah. at the moment. Yeah, um, Andrew, people can't hear you when you're talking about that. You need to actually be, yeah, you need to actually be uh, be up here. But yeah, no, we're talking about the, the consistency of the pies. But yeah, so just in terms of that, I do wonder if like the hutches are are sort of like Lynch having a bit of a pot shot at Tarantino because there's an element of that where he's got like Tim Roth who's known for his work with Tarantino obviously having sort of come up to Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, Pulp Fiction where he plays like he has Honey Bunny. Um, instead of Chantel, does he? He has an affectionate nickname for Chantel as well. Mm. Um, and even like Jennifer Jason Lee, for example, would have worked with him on the Hateful Eight most recently as well. And it's these sort of characters who feel almost like Tarantino knockoffs, especially how they leave the show, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just random and violent. It's um, so hard to know though, because like Lynch, he has his image, or he like purports to be very disconnected from pop culture, and like he doesn't follow trends, he doesn't care, he's very isolated in his own ideas and yet as you're saying like it seems like such obvious parodies of Tarantino or at least in some way it'll jive at him but I'm sure Lynch if asked would say oh no just my ideas <laughs> at, the, just at the same time this could be maybe pure Mark Frost who I imagine is that's actually a very good point yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean like, it should be noted that like Lynch has this um, tendency to, to like he says he's disconnected from pop culture but he's also like listening to Lizzie <laughs> but he's also listening to, to like Lizzie Liz, um, on like YouTube um, mm. and like championing her work in 2010 on Twitter. He's also, you know, sort of finding the guy who played Freddy on YouTube, listening to him play like do Cockney accents. And he's like, "You're in the show. Um, we're <laughs> not like, going to do David Lynch bizarre manhunt he did for Big Ed online. Yes, yeah. Uh, yeah, where he lost contact with Everett McGill and he had to actually find his phone number by tweeting out to his followers. I think it was <laughs> a, a forum. I forget the name now. They all pooled together to find Big Ed. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I want to see it, that documentary. Yeah. Actually, that does sound like an interesting documentary. Um, yeah. But it's sort of fascinating. But anyway, thank you very much for coming in, guys. Thank uh, you for it's been a huge pleasure. Um, it maybe hasn't gone as swimmingly as we would have hoped, but I think it. I hope it worked relatively well. And thank you for taking the time. Uh, we really, really do appreciate it. And hopefully, we'll talk soon. Good luck for the next Great. 16 hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a big number to hear out loud, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> it really is. Um, somehow it doesn't seem that much smaller than 18. Um, no. <laughs> um, enjoy your next 16 hours, guys. Thank um, you, I will. <laughs> no, thank you very much for taking the time to come in. We really, really appreciate it. Um, just cowering want... in the corner. <laughs> Andrew is still yeah. Yeah. You're like uh, Bob we're... behind the bed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was more thinking this is like the first five episodes of Twin Peaks where you don't educate Kobe sort of spraying the uh, the shovels. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, should just have a guy sweeping for an hour. Yeah, listening to green onions and stuff yeah. like that. Da- actually, like the the last kind of few days, Darren and and I have been sharing a house. <laughs> Maybe the first time ever. So yeah, you could you it, 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 it tell me about kind of like waking up and thinking you're having a nightmare and realizing that it's real life. And <laughs> what year is it? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Um, if you want to take anything, with, oh, actually, just uh, if you want to hang around, we're going to talk actually. about food, and you guys can leave whenever you want. Um, which sounds like a hostage situation. I want to assure <laughs> listeners we do not have any guns pointed. You can um, you're, anytime you like. like, but you can never leave. 